the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is Friday Eve. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And thank you for looking over us, Lord, because these are some rough times we are in and the world is in, and certainly uh, your chosen people are in a tough spot right now. We've got a lot of great information to bring to you guys on tonight's show. We've got returning to us tonight, uh, Colonel John Mills, retired, will be with us. You remember John Mills. It's been a while since he's been on the show, but he was actually in the Situation Room when Osama bin Laden was taken out, and he was actually in the... A Trump administration during uh, at the tail end of the Obama administration and into the Trump administration during some of the cr- crazy Russian collusion stuff that was going down. So I can't wait to get his perspective on everything related to what's happening over in Israel. And for example, did you guys know that there are 26,000 U.S. Marines that were pulled from training exercises in Kuwait and told to be put on standby? depending on whether or not uh, the event was uh, required, but we don't have a definition of required. So we are potentially looking at the possibility of a full-scale war over there involving the U.S. military. So I'm, I'm looking forward to having Colonel Mills on the show with us. Of course, we want to hear from you. Later on in the show, we've got Tom DeBaccaro, historian, political pundit, great friend of mine, uh, former senatorial candidate who will be on here to, to talk to us about a lot of the political stuff happening, including... Uh, the the speaker situation as the GOP struggles to replace Kevin McCarthy. So, so much to get into tonight. Don't forget, you can always download our podcast wherever you get your pods. We're trying to give you guys some of the best content, some of the some of different takes and different perspectives than you're hearing from some of the other places. If you miss any part, you're going to want to listen to the podcast. Email me at andreakshow.com. Hopefully, I'm going to get to a couple emails that I can read out on tonight's show. We love hearing from you. Before I got to go, go any further, I got to bring in this man. I'm glad to have this new veggie with me. He's DJ Sesame Broccolini. You know, there's a lot going on in the world right now. It's been one Mm -hmm. heck of a week. And I just want to say, as we're coming into this Friday Eve, I'm feeling so grateful and just so thankful. And I know that there's a lot of heavy stuff, and I hope that that makes the good stuff in people's lives that much better. And I hope people really realize you can't take anything for granted. Uh, It's, you know, life is a, it's a gentle, precious, precious thing. So so just live your life to the fullest. Be a good person. And just enjoy it. Every little thing, every second that you have of it. Just enjoy it. I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely, I mean, you, you, it's hard to appreciate one of the reasons why uh, we have pain in our lives and sorrow in our lives uh, and go through difficult times is not just for us to grow and to stretch and to learn, but also uh, because Oswald Chambers said that our faith was not meant to be sipped, but it was meant uh, to be, you know, quenched uh, like a di- like a, like a, a, a man who'd been in the desert without water. And also the fact that if you 
don't go through tough times, you, you don't, you're not going to appreciate uh, the joy. So we, we need to remember to focus on uh, on some good things in the middle of all this. Uh, find joy where, where uh, our, our friend Gary Quackenbush keeps a journal of where of every day looking to find joy. And also um, just, just there's always something to be thankful for, even during the darkest times. And so great, great, great thought to remember there. Uh, times could be, and I, and I debated on where to there's where to kick off the show. There's so many tentacles and, and what's going on in terms of what's happening over in, in Israel, how it affects us possibly from a military standpoint. We talked about it last night, what we can learn from their failures over there and the failures that we are continuing to emulate here. There's a media angle to be talking about tonight, as well as the continued shocking rise of anti-Semitism in this country and on display, particularly in our universities. And then on top of all that, we have to deal with the fact that a Hamas leader has called for, and and not just a Hamas leader, you know, mosques all over the world, in our streets in, in the United States of America, there are calls for a day of rage. And the day of rage is supposed to be tomorrow. And there's, um, you can, you can, you know, I couldn't really play sound bites for this Hamas leader's uh, audio because it's in Arabic. Um, and I, it doesn't really matter the terminology they use based upon the Quran. The idea is, is that they are calling for martyrs all around the world to carry the banner of jihad and be willing to give up their lives tomorrow in order to support the Palestinians. And some people are saying, well, you know, why would they announce it in advance? And, you know, oftentimes there's these things that are announced in advance and they don't come to fruition. We need to be on guard. I have been on guard for decades on this. And I've talked about this many times on the fifth anniversary of 9-11 when I was in D.C. and I interviewed this Pakistani ambassador. And he was like, "Uh, you know, the terrorists are in a war with the West with Western civilization. People wake up. And, you know, just because it's happening around the world doesn't mean it's not meant for you. And oh, by the way, now that we've got an open border, they're coming here and not to pick strawberries. Okay, they're coming here to fulfill their caliphate. Many years ago, Nani Darwish told me. Uh, America is good loot. This is about conquest. And we are handing over, remember Nani Darwish, now they call me infidel. They are hand, we are handing over our country, our nation on a platter of political correctness. And that polit- political correctness has taken root in our institutions and in our universities. And it's not even just political correctness. Now it's, um, it's steeping, indoctrinating, just like the Palestinians, not just like, but, um, I posted on the socials a video of Palestinian kids being, being taught and to perform a play like fourth graders of them killing Jews, right? We're indoctrinating our colleges and universities in K through 12 are indoctrinating kids in this country today to hate America to the degree to where, whether it's a Jewish student's dorm room at Drexel University, whose dorm uh, door was burnt today, or whether we're talking about University of Wisconsin, where they're having a cheers for the martyrs in Hamas, rally today, um, whether we're talking about the Harvard students who all signed a petition against Israel, uh, we have a problem, America. And that's not even counting Dearbornistan. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. 
But in addition to Hamas calling for and other Muslim leaders calling for a day of rage against Americans, um, we've also got these social, uh, these students for justice for Palestine, SJP, that have now called tomorrow for a day of protest. So they've joined in. So if I had a college kid, I wouldn't have him go to school tomorrow to college or university. I wouldn't have him be on a campus tomorrow. Am I am, am I am I reacting too strongly, Sesame Broccolini? Look, I look. This is it's tough because I feel. Look, my I'll, I'll just start by by saying I have no idea what it's like to be a parent. I I don't even know what it's like to be. I remember being in college. It was divisive. It was polarizing. It was not as hostile and violent and lopsided ideologically as it is today. Um, and it's become a real danger. And it's something for yeah. students to think about, families and faculty, by the way. I mean, there's all this talk about pre- preventing violence, protecting students. Let's actually do that. I mean, I don't care if we have to bring in the National Guard like we did in the well, 60s let me re- in the 70s. Yeah. Like, honestly, I mean, I just. Well, but at this point, though, at this point, though, Sesame, we have to be defending ourselves. It wasn't yeah. that long ago that my niece was yeah. on campus at Ohio State University when a refugee that a Republican brought into this country uh, from an Islamic nation got behind the wheel of a truck and started mowing people down at Ohio State. This is just wow. a, the rage that they have against us has been going on for decades and decades, if not centuries. And we are at the point now to where we can't depend on our police. Because they've gutted our police departments across this country. We've got we've got DAs across this country that are George Soros, uh, you know, funded. Lord and help they'll the people arrest- that live in those areas, no, by the way. If you have no, a Soros-backed they- DA in your county, yeah. I mean, forget about crime prevention. Yeah. It's all restorative justice, which means lenient sentences, no cash bail, violent criminals. And that's the thing. The rage is one thing. I don't really care if people are upset in their own hearts. Keep that to yourself. When that rage right. becomes violent, when it starts dictating your behavior, when you start getting to a place where people say, my rage is justified, it allows me to be violent, it's coming from a good place, that's the issue. The moral equivalent, equivalency, trying to pretend like you have the high ground when it comes to right. violence. And that's straight out of the, the Malcolm X, by any means necessary, we will get what we want, when we want. And that's what BLM preaches. You can't right. and you that's arrest and, and people. And by the way, yep. and by the way, was it Malcolm X, Muslim? We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got to bring in Colonel John Mills to discuss the, the war abroad and at home. Stay tuned. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Tonight's Andrea K. Show. Before the break on this Friday Eve, we were talking about at the open of the show, we were talking about this day of rage that the Hamas leader and other uh, Islamist leaders have called for around the world. And, and then on top of it, the students, the SJB, SJP crowd have called on college campuses for protest joining in. Uh, with this day of rage. And, you know, one of our mantras after September 11th was that we weren't going to let them win, right? We were going to go about our daily lives. But given the fact that our United States government has, we are completely uh, vulnerable. The United States of America and our citizens 
are completely vulnerable to any terrorist attack of any kind. And I'm incredibly concerned about that on top of the fact that I'm concerned about how this could escalate over in Israel as we have 24,000 U.S. Marines. We have two, I think, carrier groups on the way. And as of uh, recent reports, 26,000 U.S. Marines in Kuwait have been pulled from training exercises and put on standby. So the world is on edge tonight. And as while, while we're still trying to grapple with the horrific images of what we've seen coming out of Israel. So I reached out to Colonel John Mills, retired. Y'all know he's been on the show before. Incredible patriot, uh, national security professional. He's got five eras that he's... I might be outing your age here, Colonel Mills. He's been involved in five eras from the Cold World War, the War on Terror. Um, obviously, he was the former uh, director of cybersecurity policy, strategy, and international affairs um, at the Department of Defense, and he's a senior fellow at the Center for Security Policy. Colonel Mills, it's great to have you back. Hey, Andrea. Thank you. Honored to be on your show again. How concerned should we be on this day of rage that the terrorists have planned or called for tomorrow? Uh, Well, first of all, the day of rage, I think you should be uh, observant of your uh, situation. Uh, I think you should uh, uh, always be situationally aware at all times. You should just in today's environment uh, be, you know, whether you live in a blue city or a red city, uh, you should always be vigilant and mindful <clears throat> so you're not a target. Somebody who's not paying attention is is immediately putting a flag over their head as a target. So be be vigilant. Um, uh, if you are if you are in a uh, if you're a tr- if you're trained and experienced uh, and you live in a Second Amendment uh, state, which by the way every state should be a Second Amendment state, I would suggest you 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 be armed. I think one of the places that is uh, is uh, uh, has a higher level of concern is places of worship, and mm-hmm. so I think those are places that that really uh, should have security plans in place and uh, some kind of reaction plan in place. Uh, uh, tra- you know, and should have a, a segment that are trained and armed uh, to respond. Uh, uh, many churches have that now in uh, places of worship. Uh, so I think you should take it seriously, but we should not uh, we should not let them win and just uh, uh, get away, uh, just, you know, stop our activities because of them. But these well, are some evil people, and uh, we gotta 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 take due diligence in being uh, being uh, caring yourself, your family, and your loved well, ones. Well, but the problem is, is that we're not we don't have a Second Amendment state everywhere and we don't have a government that that ever took the war on terror and the Islamic uh, jihad threat against us seriously and considered it just about al Qaeda and not about an ideology. And here we sit now with over 60,000 special interest aliens that have come into our country. And they're called that now because they're coming from terrorist hotbeds. And it only took 19 hijackers to pull off 9-11. And if only, you know, 10 percent of those 60,000 special interest aliens from Yemen, Uzbekistan, Iran, and more, you know, wanted to do us harm, a lot of harm can be done. And our FBI and our Department of Justice, their counterterrorism efforts have been stripped of anything related to Islamic Jihad, uh, which is why, you know, they failed uh, to stop Pulse Nightclub and Fort Hood and San Bernardino and beyond because they've been focused on um, in the early days, they were focused on before MAGA, they were focused on Iraqi veterans returning as the greatest threat. And now it's MAGA. 
Um, so we're incredibly yeah. vulnerable and we don't have a, and the Biden administration and the Democrat Party, in my opinion, has been partnering uh, with the Islamists for years in order to coalesce a pow- for power. And that's how I see it. You're, give, it, it. What can you share with us with your time inside the, the DOD and the, in uh, different White Houses in regards to um, the infiltration of terrorist groups like Muslim Brotherhood in our government and terrorist sympathizers like Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib? Well, <clears throat> First, we are we are a diverse society, so uh, we are going to have different uh, different religious, religions and faiths. However, we have to be concerned about uh, uh, there is a, a significant element of, of extremism, and there is. And, and I'm sorry, the, the, the Islamic community has to has to police this themselves. There's a lot of challenges here. Uh, it actually goes back to the Bush administration because uh, oh, yeah. there was a, a, there was a cohort. That's where I, I first Frank Gaffney at first uh, uh, when I first got to know him and Center for Security Policy. At first, I was curious because uh, he was bringing up uh, uh, the uh, uh, Norquist names. Well, uh, uh, one one ran the uh, what I think it was the Amer- Americans for Growth. Uh, but as you peel back the onion, there was questionable things. I worked with his brother. His brother was a Bush political appointee, and that kind of got my attention because I was working very closely with his brother inside the government. I was going, and at first when I heard these things, I was going, oh, come on. Then I started looking into it. I'm going, oh, my golly. There's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of accuracy to what is being said here. So I think that's the challenge. And just like John Brennan later, hey, if you're going to be Islamic and be, and, and be in, be, you know, just be open about it. Why are you hiding it? You know, and that's what, you know, John Brennan uh, would, you know, he converted to Islam uh, when he was uh, chief of station in Saudi Arabia. But we never tell anybody about it. Well, hold on a second here. What are you, what, what's going on here? You know, you know, and especially when you're working at CIA, you're supposed to be open about everything. But what's going on here? If you're Islamic, okay, fine. Be, say it and be proud of it. But don't hide. What's going on here? Why are you hiding it? Why are you hiding it? And we got a problem here because when we were polygraphing a lot of uh, folks at the beginning of the war on terror, a lot of captured people. Uh, guess what? Uh, the, the Islamic extremists uh, were just bl- blowing right through and passing their polygraphs, and we knew they were lying. So, what, well, yeah, because they're here? they're trained to to lie, and so <laughs> they they're they're taught in their religion that um, you know that it, it's like a. We were saying before the break, Malcolm X, by any means necessary, that it's it's actually for it, it's for a good cause to lie. And um, so I, I, we've never it, 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 the fact that every year and I say this all the time, um, you know, I don't want to hear anybody say anymore. Never forget after 9-11 because we forget completely forgotten. We don't even we haven't even declared the Muslim Brotherhood as a terrorist organization. Um, uh, the uh, and, and it's disturbing to me. One of the first things I thought of was uh, how, how could Israel have forgotten? How could they take their eye off the ball? Egypt is saying today that they warned Israel uh, of the attacks coming. I don't know that I believe that. But what I do believe is there was some major intelligence failure, if not some anti-Israel forces within the government that allowed them to be caught off guard. What are your thoughts on the intelligence failures in Israel? Well, well first of all, I, 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 and I know uh, you know, we, we have people I, I think immensely of, uh, uh, like Steve Bannon, who does not uh, that doesn't doesn't buy into the uh, Egyptian thing. Uh, 
I, I actually have a contrarian view here and having run a number of information sharing agreements between uh, the United States and other countries. I, I I think there might be some truth to that that information sharing that Egypt uh, Egypt actually did alert. I think the the failure is let's take I think first and foremost because of the weaponization and the wokeness in our own intelligence community. I would have the Senate and the House Intel Committee demand immediately what was the exact intelligence priority stack last Thursday and Ooh, was good all point. things. Was all things Israel and Hamas above the cut line or below the cut line? I now, what does know. that mean? That, that, you know what? We, you know what? I think that's a good time to cut this segment and take a little break and come back because it, this wasn't just an intelligence failure on the part of Israel, but ours as well. And I want to know, and, and we've got Colonel John Mills with us who can explain the process to us and the questions it needs to be asked and by whom. Stay tuned. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show, continuing a very fascinating conversation with Colonel John Mills, retired, who was saying before the break, we were talking about the intelligence failures, and you were saying, Colonel, that you think that... that uh, uh, the intelligence apparatus, I guess, should be brought in and there should be questions asked of what they knew and when they knew it. Explain. Yeah, so the, everything in the intelligence community is run off what's known as the intelligence priority stack. So all the different forms of it. So that is continually reset uh, by the president. That's, that's that's what presidents do and have the authority to do is restat. And it's really done. You have a, a number of close uh, top advisors who look at that priority stack. And so all of your resources are essentially apportioned and applied against that stack. And you only have so many resources. We don't have, our resources are not endless and limitless and you have to apply mm-hmm. it. And there's a cut, there's a cut line. And is it above the stack or below the stack? And for most, most, most citizens, this, this may not, it, it may sound very complex, confusing. The trained professionals know exactly what I'm talking about. And that they need to demand immediately what was the cut line as of last Thursday? What was above? What was below? And so the problem with this administration, um, they have a very tenuous and actually hostile relationship to Netanyahu. And mm. listen, they ran their first election interference campaign was Obama trying to uh, get Netanyahu thrown out of office and then lose lose reelection. OK, they spent we spent U.S. government resources, our taxpayer dollars. Uh, with Obama trying to, you know, with, with the intelligence community trying to block a strategic ally. Well, we don't call him ally. Uh, I mean, I've got to be careful about that. We don't have a formal yeah. treaty <laughs> yeah. uh, with, with Israel. But it's been clear since Nixon that we will not. Israel is a key and trusted ally in, informally to the United States. Okay, uh, but the Obama Biden team has been extremely hostile to Netanyahu. They're okay as long as the left wing, uh, left wing wingnut uh, in charge of Israel. But uh, Netanyahu, they have had a bone to pick to him, and he, we spent, we we tried to interfere in Israeli elections under the Obama team and the Biden team. team they've been very hostile, uh, cold shoulder to Israel. Which is why Israel, and it's why Israel has cut some deals with China and others, because they've got nothing but the cold shoulder from the Obama-Biden team. So we have to know what was above and what was below, and was the order given that everything Hamas and, and Israel was below the cut line. Okay, 
break, break. Let's talk about uh, Mossad. Mossad is one of the best when it come, when they focus on a topic, but they don't have broad bandwidth. That's the difference. We have broad mm. bandwidth, but we have blurry uh, ability to focus because of politicalization, because of wokeness. So we collect on everything, but we're not we're not always great at focusing. They, on the other hand, don't have great bandwidth, but when they focus, they are the best. Okay, so this is the challenge where they can't be everywhere at once. And I would say that uh, just like the October 73 war, Hamas spent the last six months to a year essentially what's called conducting operational security to hide their agenda and hide their plans. And they went low tech, kept everything off the Internet, kept everything off electronic, did minimal, uh, minimal electronic communications. And when they they attacked, it also was uh, uh, a very well synchronized, coordinated, rehearsed attack. And they used the intense barrage starting at 630 local time on Saturday. It took the Israeli never before had they used that as cover as preparatory fire in military terms for a ground assault at 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 least 15 breakpoints at least uh, with hundreds, if not thousands on, on foot, on motorcycle, on cars, on hang gliders. This was a well-rehearsed, coordinated assault multiple times using operational security, using artillery fire. So it took the Israelis to their standard guidance was shelter in place. In this case, that was a bad idea. Yeah. Well, it was a bad idea in part because they have a lot of gun, strict gun control measures over there, uh, even worse than here. Uh, I was shocked to find out only about 2% of Israelis have guns and are armed. And um, so I, I, I don't know when this changed because they used to have a lot more uh, gun carrying mm-hmm. people over there. So I don't know when and how this changed. I, I'm, I'm a little surprised by this. And I'd, I, I think we need to have some experts explain what happened because they used to have a lot more gun carrying people over there. And something's happened that I, I guess I missed. Well, yeah, it's just over time, as the government became more liberal, they became, you know, the idea was that the police were going to patrol and and protect them and the citizens didn't need to be armed. It's tougher to get it's tougher to get weapons over there than it is here, even for ex-military. And for the ex-military, I think I read an article yesterday, they're only allowed uh, the average civilian isn't cannot even get a rifle. Ex-military can, but it has to be locked up. So, you know, you've got you've got terrorists going door to door. They were just left completely defenseless. Um, the IDF, I think, in, in 2022, it suggested that people start to carry and the gun control advocates over there were like, oh, that's just same, same like here saying, oh, you know, it, c- civilians walking around with guns is just going to lead to more deaths. Well, you know, we see what happened there. I want to shift gears and talk about uh, the, the, the war as it's going on right now over there. We're talking to Colonel John Mills, retired. So Israel, who has absolutely the right to defend themselves upon the slaughter. This is the worst attack on Jews since the Holocaust. So, of course, they've got the right to completely defend themselves. Um, they and, and they're doing so right now. I think the IDF reported that Hamas is no longer in control, but there's still a ground game planned. And uh, we have two carrier groups on the way there. And reports are that 26,000 U.S. Marines are in Kuwait put on standby. 
the Hezbollah in Iraq has said that if the U.S. military takes any steps to assist Israel, then they're going to attack our military assets all over the Middle East and in Iraq. Uh, so this has the potential of really expanding into a multi-state, if not world war. How do you see this progressing? Uh, I think the number in Kuwait is more like 2,600, not 26,000 um, okay. uh, so, uh, of, our, of our Marines. Um, well, okay. So, I mean, first of all, we have Americans who, who have been killed and we have Americans that are being held hostage. Uh, I think they have now resolved all the situations inside of Israel. But uh, the challenge is, I, I can't remember what the count is, but I think we have two to three dozen um, American nationals that are now in, in the tunnels uh, in the Gaza Strip. So our, what, what's called our Tier 1 uh, uh, ter- Terrorism Response Force uh, has been mobilized. I mean, that was what, what in the vernacular people would call Delta Force, SEAL Team 6. So they're on the ground essentially uh, establishing the situation, working the situation, getting a decisive uh, situational awareness of who is where, what is going on, what are the possible courses of action. We have two carrier groups. Uh, I mean, we got Ford uh, already there, and I, and I can't remember which other one is, is en route. So we don't, in current times, we don't often have two carriers in the same place at one time. So um, I, I think we're going to, you know, we may, we're, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, one, we got we have to rescue Americans. Uh, but we have, we have to do it in a way that is very wise, strategic, and decisive, and not, we have the unfortunate memory of the Lebanon situation and the barracks, where it was just, it yeah. was very, we just put a lot of uh, conventional uh, Marines on the ground, uh, and other other services, and they just kind of sat there, and the mission was unclear, undefined, and eventually they they uh, they killed a, a number of our Marines, and then corpsmen and others. So we we got to do this. Now. We don't need this oafish. Let's set up a base camp and put a bunch of troops, and we don't know why we're there. And this this begins forever war. Now, should we have our 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 top elites be there to prep the situation and if there is a opportunity do what they need to do to retrieve americans yes yes but we don't need another forever war and this is what happens as soon as you slap down a base camp everything just the the big conventional military takes over and it just nothing happens and it turns into for forever war and so we have to be very very careful my also concern is like I said, I think we only have 11 carriers right now, and at, at sea in the modern times, as opposed to the Cold War, where we routinely had seven, eight, nine carriers at sea in forward operating areas, we only normally have one or two to three forward yeah. at any one time, and now two of the three are committed. What about yeah. what about the Pacific? Because remember, yeah. Hamas Hamas is a, is a proxy for Iran. Iran is a proxy for China. China is the arsonist that's causing the fire here. Wow, um, Colonel Mills, I hate to leave it on that scary note, but I, you brought so much wisdom and insight into tonight's show. Thank you for being here. Tell everybody where they can get more information. 
<laughs> okay, my new book is out, War Against the Deep State, WarAgainstTheDeepState.com, um, and it's uh, bringing down the unlawful fourth, fifth, and sixth branches of the government, and Colonel Rhett John, Colonel R.E.T. John, Substack Getter and Truth. Thank you for being here. God bless you. Andrea, stay thank tuned. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And you guys stay tuned. we got more Andrea K. Show on its way. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. we got to talk a little bit about the media. I mean, I, I think I already mentioned what's going on with the schools across the country, colleges and universities in terms of pro-Hamas. I mean, we're talking about cheering the Hamas terrorist as martyrs. We've also gotten, we've talked about, like on last night's show, what's going on inside our government, the Rashida Tlaibs, the Ilhan Omars. But what about the media? What's the media been doing? We had some laughs last night at Chris Cuomo's expense, bringing the Hamas guy on who thought the studio wasn't nice enough for him and Chris Cuomo acting like, you know, he had really taken on the terrorist, right? <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, but it's incredibly shameful to see. Today we found out the New York Times had changed an article. They had an article describing the terrorist attack and they referred to the, the um, Hamas terrorist as terrorist. I don't know if you heard this, uh, Sesame, but they actually changed. They went back in and edited the article and then referred to them as gunmen. Really? Not They've militants. Taken from, not, not militants. Not, not, not terrorist. Interesting. Yeah. Just gunmen. Right. Like they're just as as though it's okay, you know, to be gunmen and go and shooting up children. But this is what I've been saying. And this is what I was wanting to get across to Colonel Mills a little bit um, is the fact words matter. And we have for decades now, since 22 years since 9-11, we scrubbed anything from Islamic Jihad, from not just our counterterrorism efforts, from from our lexicon, from the American speak. Even as we're talking about his the Hamas attacks, I think I'm the only one that keeps referring to it as an Islamic terrorist attack. Because that's what this is. This is a political movement that calls itself a religion. And it's, and its religion is based upon the idea of death. That's what it's about. Now, you know, are there some not and no, not every Muslim is an Islamic terrorist, but the ones that aren't don't matter to me right now, because if there's three billion Muslims around the world and only 10 percent of them are terrorists, that's too many. And I can't know who is and who isn't. And for some reason, there's something really sick going on in the minds of these people in the media, these students that, that you know, are, are celebrating terrorists that went in and beheaded. And yes, children were beheaded. Yes, they were burned alive. These atrocities have happened. But to hear media types like Andrea Mitchell, I mentioned this on my show last night, but I, you've got to hear this to believe it. You've got to hear Andrea Mitchell has the mother of two children who've been taken. And she starts asking her basically how she feels about these poor people in Gaza. Sesame, if you can play the clip. <clears throat> Go on, play. Uh... It's okay if it takes a second. That's uh, okay. Technology doesn't want to work with me. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and as they took hundreds of children, babies, women and elderly people some of them from the place i live in i'm i'm hopeful that they're all together and that they have other people that they know around them to keep them safe and to give them a hug 
so that they're all together. And I just need them back home. Sorry? I'm, you know, I'm sure you want them to be with people they know so that they're not alone there. But what are your feelings about the, the, the attacks against Gaza right now? Um, how can I the must government... Say that, look, you're, you're looking for, for a symmetrical situation, and I must say it isn't. Um, if you were dealing with a, a war who is between two countries... Countries don't take children hostages, I'm sorry. It's against the laws of war. It's against humanity. It's against anything that we all believe in. Every time we had missiles uh, shot at us, I used to say to my children that they should be sympathetic towards the children of Gaza because they suffer a lot more than they do. I'm not sure I still believe in it now. And I must say the only worry I have now from... uh, the bombings in Gaza is the fact that my children are there. And I can't be sympathetic anymore. I can't be sympathetic to animal human beings. Well, they're not really human beings who came into my house, broke everything, stole everything, took my children from their bedrooms and took them to the Gaza Strip. Israel never done that and will never do. So there is no symmetry. I'm sorry. Wow. Um, I keep even hearing that. I can't hear her anymore. Yeah, I, I yeah. can't hear Andrea Mitchell anymore. I mean, to think she took a deep breath before she did it. Andrea Mitchell was not comfortable asking that question. But MSNBC and the evil propagandist and the communist in this country, I've, I've said it for decades, have been partnering with these Islamists. And, you know, just like Barack Obama referred to the Benghazi force bumps in the road, he didn't care about them. And the left in this country didn't give a crap about any Israeli children who were beheaded or dragged into Gaza because they care about and they don't care about any Palestinians either. They care about power. This is absolutely disgusting and despicable. I don't think I've ever seen anything this low in my life. Have you, Sesame Broccoli? No, and I just don't understand it because you look at other conflicts, not to compare them, but you look at other conflicts like the situation in Ukraine and people put flags on the lawn. They change their bios on Twitter. There's a huge outpouring of support and solidarity and protesting and messaging all the time from these same media organizations. And I just wonder why can't we see just an inkling of that kind of empathy and solidarity for the people of Israel and honestly for all of the innocent non-combatant civilians who've never harmed anybody, who've never done anything wrong or violent, who are just caught up in the crossfire. Because that's what but, happens when, when you let these kind right. of terror groups go unchecked. What they do is terrorize their own people. Hamas has been yeah. putting local people, people who've lived there for generations on all sides through hell. Because that's what terrorist organizations do. And they just so happen to have a mission to eradicate the Jewish population from this planet. But I just, I just wish the media could exp- extend the same kind of empathy they show for the people of Ukraine toward Israel. Is it so much to well, ask yeah. that we all just well, show our solidarity? Well, the reason why is they... Is that too much? Well, the thing, well, yeah, because the thing is that they don't really care about any of the victims in Ukraine. That's all a money and power play as well. I mean, Ukraine is about ushering in the Great Reset. Right. They don't care about the people over there in Ukraine. And by the way, the last time I saw any images of anybody over in Ukraine, it was Ukrainians all hanging around in the pool and celebrating and, you know, Ukrainian officials taking our money and buying vacations and, you know, mm. luxury cars. So yeah. um, this, this, you know, uh, uh, this is not about... Uh, 
the, the the just like the Democrats pretend to care about the African American community here, they pretend that they care about the Palestinians and the Ukrainians. When the reality is, they don't care about any of them. And do civilians die, unfortunately, in war? Yes, but um, you know, don't start none, and there won't be none. Right. You go. What, so, what is Israel supposed to do? Allow their people to be slaughtered now, eighty years after the Holocaust? Or retaliate against the people who hide in mosques, who hide in hospitals, and who hide behind their own children and strap bombs on their own children. Hamas you hides retaliate. their bombs beneath schools, densely yeah. populated areas where the most vulnerable of society, people who yeah. are sick, people who need caretakers, people in the hospital, people in schools, even theaters. It's absolutely disgusting. And I think, I wonder, do you think these pro-Hamas protesters at college campuses have any idea about the reality on the ground? Like, No. Have they just been brainwashed or are they yes. just joining into this? Like, what, really, what, what information are they getting? What, what are they looking at right now? Because what I'm looking at is one of the most horrific disasters in human history. Well, what, the whole thing about babies is this reporter from I-24 re- reports that 40 babies have been beheaded and almost immediately she was accused of lying and disinformation and da 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 And, you know, because they nobody wanted to, because uh, the, the apologist for Islamic terror uh, don't want to admit that this is Islamic terror. I mean, it's like Barack Obama saying ISIS, the Islamic State of the uh, something in Levant, um, which stands for I, the Islamic State of something. ISIL. Um, yeah, ISIL. ISIL didn't have anything to do with Islam, right? This is, uh, it, it's, it's, in, it, there are none who's so blind as those who won't see. There is a willful ignorance going on here. When it comes to the students, they don't, they're not being taught any history. Most of them aren't even being taught the Holocaust in schools, let alone what, what led to the nation state of Israel and what's going on in the surrounding areas. And, you know, like I talk about Rush Limbaugh all the time, but it's true. They attacked us on 9-11 and we've been apologizing to them ever since. Every terror attack we had after 9-11, one of the first things that would happen is care would go to the microphones and caution against Islamophobia. After the San Bernardino attack, um, Lynch, our attorney general at the time, came forward and warned people about, because it became see something, say something, and she was like, be careful, because if you falsely accuse a Muslim of something, you could be prosecuted. So, you know, after we get attacked on 9-11, we Americans, the victims, ended up being treated like the bad guys, so we've been doing in America what what's happening. This, they've been doing the same thing to us in America as what they're doing with Israel. They make Israel out to be the bad guys and the, the Palestinians in Gaza the, the good guys. Just like they've been making, the, they flipped it around after 9-11 and, we're, and America's the bad guy. Which is why George W. Bush brought in all the refugees after 9-11. All right, we've got hour two coming up. I know it's complicated, a lot to think about, but you know what? We've got to. We can't bury our heads in the sand. we got to fight for this country and protect ourselves. Hour two coming up. What happened with the speaker fight, the battle for the gavel? We're going to talk about that next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.